Welcome to S2 Underground, a freelance intelligence agency fighting terrorism, fake news, and political tyranny around the world. I'm the trouble star, punkin' instigate. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Underground. So once more, we meet again to talk about things that we wish we didn't have to. So uh, this time, just to get straight to the point, uh, the ATF has raided the headquarters of Polymer 80, uh, the company that is most famous for producing 80% kits uh, for building handguns and such. Um, I'm sure that by now most people have probably heard of this raid, and probably the people listening to this podcast are more likely to know more information uh, about it anyway. Um, but you know, right now details are still kind of shaky. Nothing is really confirmed yet other than the raid happened. Um, and there are other groups out there that have way more information than we can provide on what has happened recently, um, especially considering the sort of uh, ATF leaked documents uh, talking about pistols and uh, you know pistol braces and things like that. There have been a lot of shenanigans lately, and uh, we are certainly not a, a legal source. We're not really a, an expert on any of this stuff. So there are definitely other sor- sources out there like Farmers Policy Coalition, you know, Gun Owners of America, places like that, uh, that have a lot more, um, news. I think, uh, Military Arms Channel broke it first as, uh, as they have been lately. So. Um, you know, regardless of all that, we did have a few thoughts from our end that we thought might be beneficial to share because as usual, we've got kind of a a slightly different set of concerns from this, you know, latest, uh, ATF raid and really all the stuff the ATF has been doing over the past year. So really the first issue for us is not necessarily that the ATF is making arbitrary and capricious rules. You know, the ATF's motto is arbitrary and capricious. They have never needed a reason to push gun control uh, or make up, you know, just make up law, you know, which they can't do, but apparently they can, right? The problem is, you know, that people out there in the gun community are trying to use logic to make sense of this. Um, which isn't the best metric for interpreting anything the U.S. government does, really, especially the ATF. You know, just like the pistol brace fiasco a couple months back, when the ATF start, we first got this sort of inkling that the ATF was going to go after pistol braces. You know, the number one question that everyone seemed to have was, is my pistol brace illegal now? And now a lot of people are now asking the same question, you know, about their polymer 80. Is my polymer 80 illegal now? And a lot of people are trying to answer that question, which is fine, but right now, asking that question nowadays is kind of a moot point. A better question would be, how can I retain my human rights while at the same time reducing my liability? At the end of the day, the ATF would be perfectly happy. They would be ecstatic if all guns in the United States were gone. Uh, so we need to stop sitting on the edge of our seats for the latest word on what the ATF says and start making decisions based on other criteria, such as what a jury of our peers would think. You know, we are guilty of this ourselves. You know, every single one of us has sat on the edge of our seat, you know, trying to look into that crystal ball of the ATF's insane and confusing quote unquote rules for years. You know, we have, we've done the old trick of, you know, uh, carrying the ATF opinion letters with us to the range. You know, we have measured parts, you know, with extreme precision. We have taken many, many outlandish measures to stay legal. 
Well, now we need to start doing what the ATF does and judging things by a different set of criteria, namely what courts would say. We need to start looking at what we can do to operate in the environment that we're in. Um, because blindly following the rules, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, rules that aren't even there, hasn't worked out for us. Now, obviously, we cannot encourage people to break the law or go against anything the ATF says. But here's the thing. The, the nature of the law itself is up for debate right now. You know, the, the, the quintessential nature of law and justice is up for debate. And, you know, th this basic, basic thing that we thought we got a handle on a couple of hundred years ago, you know, we're still working some things out. You know, we all know that the government, especially today, purposefully makes all gun laws ambiguous. And not just gun laws, really, you know, but most other laws as well. You know, they make these laws vague on purpose so that the only way that you can even figure out if you have broken the law is after you've been arrested. This has been the truth since long before all of us here at the S2 Underground Project were even born. But now this ambiguity is getting so ridiculous that the ATF's recent actions will certainly be a tipping point for a lot of gun owners. Apparently, the ATF hasn't been told the old you know, adage that you should never make a law that you cannot possibly enforce in its entirety, which is exactly what they have done. In other words, the ATF's shenanigans has gotten so ridiculous that average gun owners, even you know, uh, FUD gun owners, for lack of a, you know, less offensive term, even people like that are noticing, right? Even people who want to schmooze up to the ATF as much as possible, these people are having a hard time right now because the law is so confusing. Like, for instance, you know, right now, we can't even tell you what the law is or isn't. We can't tell you what is legally binding or what isn't legally binding. We can't tell you what a regulation is. We can't tell you what the nature of a regulation is. You know, we can't tell you when something is legal or illegal because sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. You know, the whole concept of our legal system as a whole is up for debate right now. For instance... Even though we here have not said anything illegal, uh, nor have any of our staff members advocated for doing anything illegal, or nor have they done anything illegal themselves, you know, right now, even talking negatively about the ATF in today's age is enough to bring about a raid on one's home. So by even having this podcast, we are taking a risk. So, you know, as long as we're taking a risk, we might as well tell the truth as we see it. And this sort of leads into the second issue within the gun community as of late. You know, people making uh, decisions or, or not understanding the, the severity of what's going on or of that decision they're going to make. For instance, um, even though we all certainly respect the sentiment, you know, the whole joke of I lost my guns in a boating accident, just, you know, me personally, that grates on my last nerve. And, you know, here's an example, a little role-playing example of explaining why. So if I was an ATF agent or a local police officer who was carrying out door-to-door -door gun confiscations, so like the worst possible scenario, right, I would immediately arrest anyone who gives me the boating accident story. If I go to a, you know, little old lady's house to confiscate her guns, you know, if I'm going down the block, right, and I come to this little old lady's house, and she says that she doesn't believe in guns, and therefore she doesn't have any, I might take a quick look around the house, you know, walk around the place, and then go on to the neighbors. She's obviously not a threat, right? 
And all the while, that sweet little old lady is thanking me for my service, is you know offering me refreshments or something like that, giving me a bottle of water to go on to the next house. She could have an entire arsenal, an entire armory of weapons and ammunition hidden in her house. Even if I were to bring in a canine team and multiple other people, I would never find weapons in a house that was prepared. And I have no incentive to if the person who lived there wasn't giving me any trouble, especially if I'm trying to go through a door-to-door gun confiscation event. I've got to save as much time as possible, right? Go after the, 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 the next door. But if I go next door and I am met by a military-aged male who tells me flat out in a hostile tone, I lost all my guns in a boating accident, guess what I'm going to do? That statement, which my department beforehand has deemed to be probable cause for a search, is my green light to begin. Just like uttering the word boogaloo on the internet results in immediately going on a watch list, we have to prepare for the eventuality that any pro-gun statement will be perceived by agencies as being probable cause. It could very well already be the case in a lot of law enforcement entities, and especially federal law enforcement uh, agencies. It could already be the case. It could have been the case this time last year, and no one would ever know until they actually do it, right? Besides, in this hypothetical scenario, if we're talking door-to-door gun confiscation, do you think any agency will give a damn about probable cause or even the legal process? But getting back to the scenario, some guy has just fed me this boating accident story, so I automatically place him and his family into custody while I go to work on his house. Searching his wallet, I find a gun club membership card, or even better yet, a concealed carry insurance card where he has helpfully written down the serial number to his firearm, further confirming that there are guns in the house. So now I can proceed to look in closets for big old gun safes or you know, bedside tables for handguns because let's face it, most gun owners do not conceal their guns. So think about your guns right now. How many guns can easily be discovered in your home just by walking through and not touching anything right now? So I continue the search, confiscating guns as I find them. Depending on how the political situation is in this hypothetical situation, it could be just a pure confiscation event, or the boating accident guy could be arrested for lying to a law enforcement officer. So yeah, this situation would be an absolute worst case scenario, uh, but it could all have been mitigated quite easily. You know, by leaving, you know, Biden-Harris literature scattered around, by having pro-gun control t-shirts or other paraphernalia, whomever is doing the confiscating is not nearly as likely to suspect you when the time comes. If people think you are a supporter of gun control, that's really the best option that a lot of us have nowadays. We don't have the luxury of being outright defiant because being outright defiant isn't productive and gives away too many cards that we will certainly need later, especially for some of us. Now, if you live in a rural area and you don't have to really worry about this stuff as much, um, then, you know, that's more power to you. However, one must, one must remember that even rural areas fall under some law enforcement jurisdiction. There isn't a square inch of land in the United States of America that isn't under someone's jurisdiction. So just think about that. And remember, even if you try to live in a cabin in the woods, they'll still find you. Now again, we fully understand the desire to be defiant, and we fully prescribe to the idea that a person should be peaceful, but not harmless. However, we also recognize the reality that most people will comply with whatever gun control policies are enacted in the future. 
Even as we speak, there are tens of thousands of people in the gun community poring over the ATF's leaked documents like a crystal ball once again, trying to interpret what it is and what is and what isn't legal, right? This is something that has happened over and over and over again throughout history, and it's something that we cannot ignore when it comes to our decision-making processes. There is, of course, a growing but still small number of people that recognize that we cannot claim to be a free society with the current laws that we have. But right now, this isn't enough to go on, especially considering the fact that government has the ability to keep secrets from its people, but not the other way around. What that means is, citizens who want to be free have very little terrain in which to maneuver. Think about it this way. How many people out there bought from Polymer 80? Probably millions. And how many of those people left a paper trail? Felons whose names are already in federal databases, or even law-abiding citizens who had previously bought complete guns and therefore undergone the FBI's background check. You know, everyone left an easy-to-follow paper trail. So, you know, a few days ago, the ATF launches a surprise raid on Polymer 80's headquarters. You know, all they would have to do is get their hard drives, their shipping labels, and any products that were waiting to be shipped. Because, as we all know, Polymer 80 has had record sales lately, and almost certainly had a master list of people who were either on email waiting lists for products, or master lists for orders that were due to be shipped, you know, other records that every other normal business has. You know, but now the ATF almost certainly has all of these records, and they have until the end of time to pour over them and investigate. They could end up conducting raids on people who ordered from Polymer 80 10 years from now. You know, sure, there are statutes of limitations and all that, but since when has the ATF ever cared about following their own rules? Which goes back to the first point. Also, another factor that people tend to forget is what these rules actually mean. For instance, we have had thousands of people message us or comment on social media about how they are, you know, quote-unquote, not going to comply. Okay, you know, that's their, that's their deal, right? But here's something that people don't think about, and that is using a potentially gray area weapon, right, or even an outright illegal weapon in self-defense. You know, a, a lot of people, we think, you know, probably most gun owners have some sort of gun for self-defense, right? Self-defense is a major reason for owning a gun in the first place. It's not the only reason, of course, right? But it is a, it is a big one, right? You know, well, what if you actually have to use that gun that may be illegal? You know, if the ATF outlaws all polymer 80s, which we firmly believe they will do within the next few months, and you use a polymer 80 for self-defense, and you go to court, you know, it's not going to look good to a jury, uh, and a judge will probably just arrest you for having an illegal gun anyway, right? Even if you don't get screwed by a jury, you know, you'll take, you know, two steps out of the courthouse before being arrested by the ATF per, for possession of an illegal weapon. So what the ATF is doing it isn't stopping people from owning illegal guns. They don't care about that. They do not care if you have an illegal gun in your home, right? They know that just based on the sheer amount of guns that are in the United States, they can never actually get them all, right? Especially considering the, you know, American culture of, you know, defiance, right? But what they can do is make it so that if you actually use the gun, you get arrested, 
So if you choose to make you know, the decision of non-compliance, you will very likely be able to keep that illegal AR or AK pistol. But you will almost certainly have to concealed carry a freaking revolver just so that you don't get arrested for if and when you actually have to use it for self-defense. The overarching theme from this latest raid is that of exasperation. We here are sick and tired of being reactive. You know, we, we sort of hit our limit, you know, maybe six months ago or so. You know, we were just sick and tired of always reacting to the chess pieces instead of predicting the game from four to five moves out, right? So that's what we need to do, and that's why we made this short episode. No one needs to listen to us ramble on for hours to recognize that in order to protect our human rights, we have got to do more than simply fighting for gun rights. We've got to do more than simply trying to weasel around the ATF or fight them with lawsuits or something. You know, people often say that the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment, or that the Second Amendment ensures the integrity of the other amendments, and that's true. Many people also say that the Second Amendment isn't about hunting or sporting. It's all about maintaining the tools and the capabilities to combat tyranny, and we certainly agree with that as well. But we also have to recognize that guns are not the only tools we possess to combat tyranny. Sure, they are the most direct route, but remember that we as a people possess other tools as well. Why else would our words be censored, our churches be closed, our faces covered, our children brainwashed in schools, and every other tyrannical thing that's happened since the beginning of this COVID crisis? You know, power does not only come from the end of a barrel via the Second Amendment. So by limiting ourselves to arguing only from the perspective of the Second Amendment, we are really reducing our effectiveness, right? We're asking please instead of actually maneuvering into a good situation. So that's why we're so hell-bent on communications. We are always searching for contingencies and backups and different technologies that simply ensure that we can talk to each other in a hostile environment, which we're living in right now. After all, if we can't communicate, we can't do anything. If we don't know that a lawsuit has been launched, you know, what's the, what's the point? You know, if we can't share a digital file, right, a 3D printer file or something like that, well, what's the point, you know? Having anonymous, robust communications that can't be tracked, and more importantly, aren't financing groups that want to harm us, is crucial to giving us that space we need to organize. As we all know, the U.S. government over the entire history of this nation has desperately tried to prevent people from organizing because an organized citizenry is a powerful citizenry. And since power is a zero-sum game, any ounce of power that citizens have is an ounce of power that our politicians don't have. And now private companies have entered the fray, seemingly wanting to compete for a Tyrant of the Year award or something. But communications are just one part of that, one foundation of many that need to be laid before real work can begin. After all, if we can't do the little things right, we can't do the big things right. So education, self-reliance, conflict resolution, countless other topics, these are all foundations that we've got to build before we can make any progress, right? We, as a people, need to figure out how to thrive in our environment and not just survive day to day. We need to figure out how to stop reacting to tyrants and get the upper hand on them. 
and creating those advantageous positions takes effort. It really does. And hard work is a virtue that is certainly lacking in today's society, even within the you know, so-called liberty community itself. But we can certainly do something. If you have a skill, use it for good. Use your skills and resources to better mankind and not detract from it. We already have enough people trying to tear things down. Right now, we are trying to change society for the better and change governance for the better at the same time. So we've got some serious work ahead. A lot of people are very quick to jump on the Civil War or Boogaloo bandwagon, but as we have stated over and over and over again, that will result in nothing but more tyranny being created and will certainly not result in what we need. What we actually need, like concrete steps of what we actually need, that's up for debate, and we can debate that all day long. We, In a lot of cases, we don't even know what we need, right? But we can certainly say that every day that goes by, adversaries of freedom and, and personal liberty from the ATF to even social movements in the United States that aren't even affiliated with government, you know, they are hard at work every single day trying to destroy what little footing freedom has left in this world. You know, like I said, we have got to learn how to do the little things right so that we can then do the big things right. Basic communications, basic economics, basic transportation, and even how to ensure that a bit of information is true or not. We've literally got to go all the way back to preschool to figure out how to verify a simple bit of information. You know, and not only do we have to go back there and start building these foundations, but we have got to build them and then excel at it. Otherwise, we are not going to have any chance at beating the ATF or any other tyrannical government agency. Because right now, we're fighting the information war on their terrain, and on their terms, and with their weapons, like the legal system, which is more or less in their control. We need to fight the war on our terrain, and on our terms, with our own tools and methods. Now, like I said, as far as what this would look like specifically, we don't know. But we can certainly say that while we respect the well-meaning nature of you know, most gun owners, we're going to need a lot more than just non-compliance. Hell, you know, even you know, openly not complying isn't enough. We need to switch gears and invent an as-yet-undefined culture, a society, and an, an infrastructure, a construct, that doesn't exist yet. We are certainly going to need every mind we can get on this. So remember, you cannot help anyone if you make a stupid mistake and get arrested for some piece of plastic being in the wrong spot. And as we've stated multiple times, battles may be fought on the battlefield, but wars, wars are won on one square foot of real estate. That square foot of terrain that's between your ears. So that's all we have for now, and we'll of course have more on this you know, front later. We just wanted to put this out quickly. Uh, we haven't put out much content lately because we have, you know, like I mentioned, we've been trying to solve some of these problems that we mentioned today. But once we have some good solutions, we will of course put them out on places like Keybase, our LBRY.TV page, our library page, and you know, of course, much to our disgust, our you know, social media accounts and whatnot. So make sure to follow us on all of our platforms that are on our comm card and such. You know, make sure to stay in touch. Keep on keeping on. Make good decisions. And we will see you next time. It's to actual out.